0: Guys, before we get started on today's show, Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years, featuring live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. That summer series combines some of the best in culture views and cult classics. It's a movie experience like no other. These viewings fill up fast, so make sure to get your tickets ASAP. Uh, right now, May through August, they have 21 drive-in movie options. It's great for a date night. It's great for a family outing as well. You can watch these drive-in movies. Uh, watch them on a state-of-the-art 55-foot LED screen, and it's 59.50 per car. You know you can pack as many people in as you want. Just about 60 bucks per car which also includes a snack pack with candy and soda, sometimes free packs of beer as well. There are also three amphitheater viewings. Uh, Amphitheater shows are $16 general admission and $32 for VIP. So if you want more information, denverfilm.org for all the details, for more pricing info, for all the other stuff you might need to know if you want to get out and see a movie at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater this summer.
1: Joker is always scoring on fake Bosnian bees. Who Twitter will be trolling when he falls out at least. Any this season, nobody had a chance. And when he hits game winner, we're gonna sing and dance. And he will score, he will just score more and more. And He will score. He'll just score more and more, and he'll score. He'll just score more and more, and he'll score. Then time is no more. Joker's on fire. Your defense is terrified. Joker's on fire.
2: Your defense is terrified. Joker's on fire. Your defense is terrified. Joker's on fire. Na <laughs> <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNBR Nuggets podcast, the DNBA show.
3: It's a celebration. I need
2: that energy. I don't have this energy. It's like a scramble. This We got you,
3: bro. Yo. This thing
2: that has been like hanging over our heads for three months now, like dropped at the weirdest time possible. The weirdest time. Just, I thought for certain it was coming Friday. Can you guys hear me? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. There was like no reaction. I was like, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm on, <laughs> I'm on right now. Uh, I feel ill prepared for this, but in many ways, I feel hyper prepared
1: as if I had been preparing for this for my entire life exactly dude I mean, like that we were like should we go on we we're like to what talk about Jokic?" okay uh whenever you want like at any point for any amount of time uh whatever i'm doing fine let's go like i'm ready
2: uh um so i'll introduce the cast here d-line co i actually i'm gonna rank you guys by how much of Jokic fans you dude, are
3: this is fucked up i'm yeah, going
2: fourth fourth Harrison
3: win. Oh!
2: nine on the fun scale. Oh.
0: <laughs> You'll never oh, live God. it down, Harrison. You'll never live it down. That's some bullshit, man. That's some bullshit. <laughs> well listen, you're <laughs> at the top. You're
1: in, in you're an elite company. Even even fourth is 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 uh, a one percent. <laughs> I've got <laughs> the third biggest Yoka scan on the show.
3: Brandon Vogt. <gasps> Brendan Vogt, who only uprooted his life to move to the loser. <laughs> That's right, made no sacrifices, uh, was really late to get to the party. Uh, but uh, hey, I'm glad I'm here. Front row seat, it looks good. Number two, oh, the man who has called him the top
2: human on the planet, it's D you just award yourself top fan? because everybody – are we kidding ourselves? Come on. Of course the number one top fan, the Jokic, through, of course myself. No, guys, this is – um you know, it is it, – it's funny the way that this dropped. It's almost befitting of Jokic the way that this dropped. Is this like – it, it, like, I, I'm surprised Shams even broke it. I, I'm surprised it wasn't just, like, come across the ticker on some, like, obscure little, like, not, not repute, unreputable little, like, uh, tweet or something. But um, it finally happened. Our bets cashed. Those all came through. Oh, yeah, did. So, that, so Friday night, we're going to have to have an MVP party on, on Friday night at the DNVR bar. I can't wait for that. Um, but Jokic got it. Let me go to you first vote. When it happened, like, what? you were the first one to see it. In fact, I think I saw it. I was driving uh and i think i saw it because i saw you posting the shirt and i was like what the hell's vote doing posting
3: the shirt right now like we got to get this out yeah it was really weird um because i had no idea it was coming today i don't think anyone did and would have been nice to know would have been nice yeah it's know. kind of weird you know what i mean it was weird to have to scramble. you were golfing so we're doing this show now you i know? Freaking hate golf i was and i had i was golfing <laughs> while this like, it was like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me um but look we all knew this was coming you know I think we knew from even before those first round of public votes started being tracked. So it is no surprise, but um, you know, it's funny. I wanted to get past my own reaction and get to everyone else's reactions. Cause I just felt happy for Denver and Serbia and there's nothing better than basking in a, uh, a vibey nuggets timeline, you know?
2: Yeah. Does this feel <laughs> Harrison at all? Like, I mean, it's weird to say because my number one emotion is I'm just happy for Jokic. Like, you know, we we like genuinely love this dude. The way that you love players, you know, they're sports hate. Their sports love.
1: Nope. Not me. <laughs> mine goes well beyond those bounds. <laughs> <You definitely laughs> beyond those my, my, mine are mine are uh, halfway unspeakable, but also should definitely vault me into the number one. Fan. <laughs> 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 it's
2: <laughs> a little creepy. The degree of love you. Yeah, have no, it's you. terrible. That's I why mean, you're true. Yeah, it's you've <laughs>
1: seen that movie, The Fan. It's a horror film about like a the creepy, terrible fan. That's me. That is a great movie
2: though. That is a a really good one. No, but, you know, you're happy. We're going to talk about all this. I'm happy for Serbia. I mean, we've gotten – one of the joys of this gig for us has been getting to know Serbia and, and Serbians and and learn about Serbian culture and the passion that they have, which far surpasses the passion of American NBA fans. American NBA fans, it's really more resentment. Like, the average NBA fan watches the NBA through the eyes of resentment. Like, Dude. the Serbian fans, they are, they are insane. Um, you know, it's big for the city of Denver and, and for the Denver Nuggets organization. I mean, this is the biggest – Award the organization has ever received. I mean, it's in, in some ways, the biggest achievement, you know, uh, as an organization. And, and I feel like this is an award for Alex English, for David Thompson, you know, for Carmelo Anthony. And you know, a weird, I know it's a little weird, you know, coming off of that series or whatever, but I feel like for all the great players that came through it, it's sort of an award. And then, you know, obviously for his diehard fans of which we are a part, it feels a little bit like validation, um, even though we saw it coming you know it, it, the mvp arriving today and that's you kind of why stand. it's validation we saw it coming right well i didn't even mean we saw it coming years ago i mean we saw it coming like days weeks ago where we're like we're just waiting for the shoe to drop but even when it hits it just feels like we were right you know we get to all high five each other harrison what of all those came to your mind first all those things i just mentioned
0: <laughs> oh man i mean so like I've been covering the Nuggets for pretty much Jokic's entire time here. I mean, you have also, Adam, but I, I don't know why, but my mind immediately just goes back to those first couple seasons. Like, that's kind of the stuff I think about when I see Nikola Jokic MVP. Like, what? I yeah. still think about the shy rookie, like 20, 20 year old who came to Denver, didn't know really a ton of English, was so reserved, was so in his shell. Um, and then like, I think about the moments, his first triple double, the 40 points in Madison square garden, and then just kind of how we saw the flashes, you know, like we saw the flashes here and there. And then the, the coolest part, I always tell people about, uh, covering Jokic's rises when it, the switch kind of flipped and when he kind of realized, Oh, I am really fucking good. So it, it's, it, it, that, that's what I think about. I, I think about him coming to Denver as this unknown dude who was really skinny and timid and shy and him breaking out of his shell and realizing like I'm the best player in the NBA, which is what happened this season.
2: Yeah, totally, man. I mean, all of those things. It is cool. That's how I have been today too. And I just posted on Twitter the first time the crowd chanted MVP. It turns out I didn't remember this, but it turns out it was against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Jokic dropped 41 points, and the crowd started doing MVP. And after the game, you know what we remember? It's funny because you guys will all remember this. In the post game, he's interviewed, and Vic asked him about it, and he says, "Oh, that was funny." And then he says, no, it's serious. And he goes, why so serious? Like he does the joking thing. And we all remember that quote. Like we've seen that quote chopped up and everything. But that was from the first night he was ever proclaimed the MVP. And that's like, you know, when Denver caught up. Eric, what what are you thinking about as, as, as you reflect on this?
1: You know, like the journey of Jokic has been – as a Jokic stan has been like so interesting because <laughs> – I mean, I guess it's like the 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 beginning of a religion where like nobody's into it, nobody believes oh, it. No, like, all, you, all you do is you you just go around and you evangelize this, and everyone like throws rocks at you. Five, six, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to like, gonna like hey. guys. Yeah, dude, and like and like people are just they're like, euh, eh, eh. and you're like, no, dude, this is the this is the way. Nikola Jokic is the way, and um, so it's like. From that standpoint, it's like the sweetest of validation because you just knew something that other people, you know, it's like being in early on Bitcoin or something. <laughs> like, oh, totally. Everybody,
2: everybody that was in like, early on Bitcoin, they only talk about one thing Bitcoin. And this is yeah, like, yeah, you're working like, great for you because yeah. you have like a mil,
1: 10 million dollars in Bitcoin right now. <laughs> also, yeah. And then also, you're just like, uh, I don't. I don't care. I'm not interested in that. So we're we were the wrong people, because like, you know what it's like to be on the other side of that. So
2: <laughs> I, I
1: am Jokic rich. I am a millionaire. Oh, you're in- Jokic dude. We're all Jokic. Oh my yeah. god. I'm, I'm gonna...
2: actually literally rich now from
1: DraftKings. So unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. So I mean, it. I. It, it's nice that it is now literally rewarding to be a huge <laughs> Jokic stand, like where you get actual money for believing in him. But before it just it's. Like he has changed basketball forever for me or deals or is encounters him. Like Adam and I talk about like we're really nervous what happens after Jokic retires and we're just forced to like watch normal basketball again where like Nate Robinson is a star <laughs> like the team sucks and they hate each other and they're just like slogging through a Tuesday night in in December and everyone feels it like why are we here what are we doing right and Jokic just like yeah. fills basketball with joy he's just it's incredible dude so i don't know uh Jokic is the best basketballs ruined forever but during this time it's like soak it in man
3: Man, I I can't stop thinking about how he's pushed my own understanding of what greatness looks like, you know, not just in basketball, but in any sport um, that you don't have to fit into a certain box, Um, that what makes a basketball player great, uh, there's myriad paths to greatness Um, and uniqueness is uniqueness. And, And so I don't know that watching Jokic did not conform to anyone's idea of what a basketball player should look like, a superstar should look like, and even more specifically, guys, a center should look like this weird golden state symptom where your center has to do two of two or three things really well to be able to stay on the floor in that series or else they're useless. And as Shaq said today to Yoke, like, thank you for reinstating the big man. Um, they are not an afterthought and, and a center can be great. Uh, an unathletic center can be great. A seemingly doughy center can be great and uh, your vertical and your 40 yard are not your most important basketball skills or measurements. Yeah. I mean, they are important, but you know, just that that good that like just over they're, yeah. not, essential. they're not essential. They're not essential. And I, for, I didn't yeah. know
2: that. I actually yeah. didn't yeah. know that.
1: Con- control of the basketball, it turns out, is the most valuable skill in basketball. Being able to put the basketball wherever you want it to go, be that to another player that is wide open or into the basket itself, like basketball control. This man yes. <laughs> is he's a master.
2: Some really quick great comments in the, in, in, like, coming in right now. And it's cool because all of these guys are – not all, but many of these people are people we've been talking to for six years about the same thing. our guys. homies, dude. meet Alec Gwen, and, and EG, and, you know, you just see the people and you're like, that's right. We were in the trenches. Just taking the like, insults you know, from everyone that's like, you guys don't know. Such homers, this or that. Homers, like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Apologists. Yeah, and I want to keep this going too, not just what greatness looks like on the court, but what it looks like <laughs> off the court how someone can carry themselves, how someone can both take a deep breath and figure out how to embrace what it means to be an NBA superstar, but also not sacrifice his principles in terms of how he wants to carry himself, treat the people around him. We can't pretend to know the guy super well because we do this, but we get some insight and you know, we get that same window into other players. There is one Jokic and the way he carries himself on the court and off the court, um, you know, we're privileged to witness it. I really feel that way. Yeah, even if Jokic is not exactly
1: what I believe him to be, like just the fact that he puts in the, the effort to make me believe he's, this, is it's enough for me. I, I'm I'm in forever. Yeah, but there's no other player
2: or like even circumstance team anything where I was so high on them early, early, early on and then like kept moving the goalposts. And this is why we joke about hot box and hot takes, but that was literally a thing me and Vote would do. And we'd sit there and be like, okay, we thought Jokic could average – you know, four assists a game as a center, but it's, I think, it can he average eight, can he average 10? Like, And then we just, you just kept doing it because he was the first one where we were so insanely high on, but literally every time we hedged our bet, every time we are like, but we'll see. It was like, no, we should have never hedged. He's, he's freaking incredible. And he goes there. And one thing Harrison brought up that I think is so cool. People don't maybe don't know this uh, or don't recognize it, Me and Harrison started covering the Nuggets at the exact same time, and it was when Nikola Jokic arrived. So our story and our tenure as DNVR, even though it wasn't DNVR at the time, you know, we kind of converged. But it really is the same story. It's the same path. And I just think that's so cool. And then obviously Eric and Vote, you know, coming along at different points as well, kind of the same thing, but it's all the same trajectory. It all began in 2015.
3: The four of us are doing this five times a week because of Jokic. That's not an understatement or an overstatement. Right. That's that's yeah. what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, what, yeah. what people have to realize, and I think we do and a lot of our audience does, there will never be another player that's anything close to Nikola Jokic in terms of how he plays, his style of play, um, just how a team is shaped around him, and how he is off the court too because – I mean, the guy is so unselfish. He he just wants none of the credit. Uh, he just wants to win. He just wants to be a part of a team. And we're just so lucky. We're we're so lucky to cover this guy. We're so lucky to watch this guy. Uh, and there's never going to be another Nikola Jokic. And because of that, because of how special he is, like the NBA missed the boat on making this guy like the face of the league. Like to be quite honest, he is. He is about everything that's right about basketball. He he plays the right way. He just wants to win. He doesn't want any of the shine. It's not about him. Like he's just all about the right things, and like that should be celebrated. Like that—that is what we want our superstars to be about, right? Maybe I honestly think some people don't.
3: Not (laughs) not everyone does. does. Yeah, Not some people does. want
2: their their superstars to be but, a little bit but FU. you know what we
3: personally preferences I agree with you. I I really appreciate it about Jokic. I do. it's a breath of fresh air when I think there's a uniform this is what I would mean with the greatness. Like the basketball thing there's this weird sort of aggressive kind of ego thing that's really deeply woven into American basketball culture and the one-on-one I will break you mentally all that stuff. Um and and Jokic has really sort of pushed that stuff to the side and it's nice to it it's not that it has to be that way, but it's nice to see an alternative.
2: Yeah. I mean, American culture really does weave into a lot of this. It's actually funny. It's like, it reminds me of the movie Wall Street, right? Where they're talking about like, America doesn't hate the guy in the limo. They love that guy. Like, everybody's rooting for like secretly, even though they act like they hate him. And I do think there's something to that. Like, America doesn't want the humble hero. They want the guy that's like flipping everyone off. And saying, you know, whatever it is, that's what we love. So. It's true, though. We did.
3: Hey, Michael Jordan. I love the way he bullied his best friends. <laughs> yes.
2: uh, they want you screaming at the guy I just dunked on you and pointing and, the, and that kind of thing. And look, I like that stuff, too. I mean, it's it, yeah.
0: We, we all, we all yeah. weave in and out. I'm saying if I have a kid and I want him to become like the, the best children. basketball player ever i'm saying watch nicole Jokic and do everything that guy does on and off the court and he's like no one can do that otherwise (laughs) otherwise they would (laughs) so maybe i'll maybe i'll try to
1: be nate robinson again
2: (laughs) there was a sketch an snl sketch one time about dirk and it was kind of a dumb sketch to be honest but i remember them being like who teaches their kids to shoot this like effed up little falling over jumpers you know like kind of as a gig and it's true like what would it mean to raise your kid to play like Jokic? like half the stuff he does is disgusting. And you're like, what? Like, hey, not can you, right can you
3: volleyball tip this back into
2: the river? <laughs> it's <laughs> and like
3: impossible.
2: Um, but it is so great, man. It, and even also what Harrison said, just all the memories flooding back. And, that, and that's really what it comes down to. And it's funny. The transformation of Jokic has been interesting as well because he's so different. You don't notice it over time. It's We've been with six years now. We've been following this guy. And it happens so gradually. But if you go back and watch him as a rookie being interviewed, number one, he can't speak English. Like (laughs) number two, he's a hundred times more goofy than he is now. He's really gone through a process of where he still has that personality, like he's still the same personality, but he's much less like uh, aloof,
0: you know what I mean? He's business first right now, right? Well, I think I think when he first came here, he saw it as a way to like fit in. He he saw it as a way to kind of become a part of the team in the locker room. He's like, Oh, if I'm the funny guy, people are gonna
3: like me. Yeah, yeah. He almost sold himself short, right? Reduced himself. And this is one thing about Jokic too. I thought about today is, you know, that Serbian documentary. We've heard it from him in so many different ways and forums, but he'll he'll be the first person to tell you that he um, was like the last person to realize how great he was. He wasn't even thinking about the NBA, you know, all of these things are, are, are almost news to him. And this was a guy who had to be dragged to this realization. Like, Yeah. Greatness. Historic greatness. Not pretty good. Not good. But like, bro, you maybe owe this to society. Like, get out there and do this. And he has embraced it. And we've sort of seen this evolution of there's that core of him, that little brother who wants to joke. um, But he's added all these pieces of what it means to be a superstar. Yeah.
2: Harrison, do you have ad reads lined up? Um, We can hit our first ad break. On the other side, I kind of want to do the history of Jokic. I kind of want to walk down memory lane and just go in yeah. chronological order, starting with summer league. That was the first time we can go to the draft. If you want to go to the draft or wherever everybody
3: first. I mean, the, first the, the I club. mean, it's
1: the Quesarito is the origin. It's for. Worth... Well, we will guys... right, we'll
3: we'll go back. The actual weeks. birth. Did yeah, you guys see that Taco Bell tweet? Yeah. I'm going to send this to. you. We'll get it. Taco
0: out. Bell, baby, in the club. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dude. Break, give us a little break here. Get through these ads. Yeah, guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew this week. Pick up some tomorrow. So you got it for Game 2 Wednesday night in Phoenix. Uh, The Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew, it's got that Nuggets Skyline Blue can with the Nuggets logo on it. Uh, You can't miss it. It's perfect. Not too heavy, not too light. Just perfect to sip on during games. So uh, pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from your local liquor store. King Super Safeway should have it as well. You can pick it up from the Breckbur farmhouse as well. Uh, also, you can now get the lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. It's out, it's available. Uh, get it while supplies last. The lawnmower 4.0 uh, from Manscaped. You can get it for 20% off when you use the code DNVR at Manscaped dot com again use code DNVR for twenty percent off at Manscape.com. one what more this, four point
2: look, look at this avatar of this guy it's an alien in front of the Denver Nuggets skyline do we lose you Vote or
3: did
2: we lose myself? Yeah, that's that's, uh, no,
3: that's no, right. you're good. Adam. That's that's I right. That's, uh... <laughs> so, by the way, by using ball ball, are you like foreign? I have no idea. I can't tell. Get back to me later in the chat. I'll let
0: Harrison <laughs> go. Uh Yeah, the Lawnmower 4.0 big upgrade over the 3.0. Uh, you've got a 4,000k LED spotlight. You've got different guard length sizes one through four on the trimmers. You have got wireless charging. Get that lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped for 20% off with the code DMVR at manscaped.com. Dude. Dalton.
1: Dalton. Dalton. Come, Dalton. come on, brother. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers,
3: man. You're the real Cheers.
1: MVP, Dalton. You're the real MVP.
3: Mm. Oh. This is a good point. I, I don't know why I didn't assume this. They're from outer oh, from, space. From, yeah, please. They're from out outer space. Of course, yeah, yeah, that's actually
1: – now that I think back, what a stupid question
3: you asked. Yeah, that's on me.
2: That's on me. <laughs> Um, is that it? Are we through that? Yes, oh, that was sir. nice. Okay, awesome. All <laughs> right, let's go back. Um, Harrison, because I'm guessing Vote and Eric are going to be behind you and I, but when is the first time you heard the name Nikola
0: Jokic? Do you remember? Nah, I. that's the thing I don't remember, because I actually think I started covering the team a little after you. I was kind of in and out in that 2015-16 season, kind of doing it on the side. So I, I don't have like a firm first look first impression memory of Nicola
2: yeah I you know what's funny is I'm kind of the same way because I I obviously remember summer league because it was my first summer league I'm like I'm gonna do a great job this time as I'm just breaking into the industry I'm gonna try to really pay I I wasn't
0: at summer league that year I don't even know if I watched summer league that year yeah um
2: the summer league it like really became a big deal around that time if you remember summer league when LeBron was playing and even like Dwight and like that way, even Kevin Durant, it wasn't a thing that was on TV. Like the, the gyms were pretty empty. It was, it wasn't a big deal. It really started to become a big deal around 2014, 15 when all of a sudden it was an event that the NBA did a great job of marketing. Um, But yeah, so I, I, it's funny cause I go back and I see tweets of me talking about Jokic and asking other draft analysts and just like, what can you tell me about him? But I didn't know anything about him and it wasn't, it's funny there's a picture I had at Summer League where I'm like our first look at the new Nuggets, and it's like Moody. It's clearly trying to take a picture of Moody, but Jokic is in the background. <laughs> Quite possibly the first time I ever saw him. I don't even know, um, but it was quick, man. Like that first. It, it's funny. I made that video the for DNVR the Jokic's Summer League, but really showed us all of his skill set back then. And I, if you haven't seen a highly encourage people to go and check it out on our youtube page but it is true man he did all the same stuff he's shooting threes he's running dribble handoffs and even running inverted pick and rolls and, and making passes and um you know so that was I, I thought i thought coming out of summer league obviously it was like hey this guy's kind of cool it's
0: kind of yeah funny. and it, it's crazy because he was probably like the not even a top five attraction on that nugget summer league team so because rank, you had rank him, rank him. Gary Harris. Well, Moutier is one. I would say, yeah, Moutier, Moutier was, sure one. was one. Gary Harris was probably two. Definitely. Um, then you had guys like Ian Clark, he Eric was, Green. Yeah, for, he was
2: four. He was four or five. It, Eric, Eric Green, Green was, Eric still, Green we was Green. still. We were
0: still. We were still holding out hope um, for Eric Green. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, jo- Joffrey Laverne, who was, honestly, oh, yeah, I did he was there for Mike, sure. yeah. was definitely above Jokic. And and then you probably could have could have made the argument for, for Jokic because at least he yeah. was a Nuggets draft pick and not one of these like undrafted guys they scooped up. So he was far down the list. Definitely like a couple tiers below Moody and yeah. Gary Harris.
2: Yeah, we forgot the draft night, him being the case. Another story about draft night is just that, you know, when he when he was drafted, Jeff Morton always tells the story, but. Tim Conley takes all these questions about Gary Harris and Yusef Nurkic and nobody asked any, a single question about um, Nikola Jokic, not a single one. And afterwards he walks over to Jeff Morton and he goes, you guys don't have any questions for Jokic? Are you, like that guy's awesome. You know, kind of a thing. You yeah. know, like, I know. Never even I heard, heard of this. Do. There's the Rito, Yeah. And there's Taco Bell. He's number one pick in our book. Honest question vote. How does this raise Taco Bell's Q score in your mind?
3: Oh, it's way up. Um, and all jokes aside, I was kind of bummed that they hadn't acknowledged it yet. Like, it just sort of seemed like an obvious yeah. uh, advert opportunity. Now, if if sports media itself was slow to Jokic, I don't expect Taco Bell to be on it early. Um, but also, like, Jokic was pretty heavy for a while there. Like, come on, how did they miss that? But anyway, uh, uh, it's nice. It's nice to see them acknowledge it. It's, it's a fun moment for the culture. And to be honest, I think your question, Adam, like, what do you think of first? I think. Thousands and thousands of people think of that quesarito, All jokes aside, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: that's that's facts. Yeah,
2: I don't love that. That's part of the of the Jokic lore. I, yeah, I it sucks, but it just is sucks. though. But it's yeah. the it it's, yeah, it's, no it's, a,
1: it. it's it. It's amazing because it's like the most inauspicious roots. Like it's just it yeah, could yeah. not have been any lower. He was like,
3: asleep. There was a commercial on. Like it's I the, like the most weak part. part the, even the, better. I like yeah, that even yeah, better. True.
1: Yeah, he had to be called to tell like I think his brother told him.
2: Yeah, just like get off get away from me. I don't care. <laughs> so it's actually pretty hilarious. Yeah, um, man. first time, you know, as much as I like to, you know, take credit for summer league and being high on him at, at the summer league. Like I was if you read the article I posted, I'm like, as I always do, I hedge the bet so hard where I'm like, he really reminds <laughs> me of Mark and Pau Gasol. But I think I also say low case worst case scenario, he's Antich. <laughs> who at the time was on that 61 Hawks (laughs) team, was like (laughs) the all-time. Like, Pero Antich came in the league at the perfect time when stretch bigs was, like, rare, and he could sort of kind of hit threes and so it was like, "Hey, Pero Antic, valuable."
1: Know <laughs> you know what's you know what's great about that is that I don't know where the first name stops and the last name starts. In Pero Antich <laughs> It could be Pero Is it Per Antich Is it Pero antich? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Piazzadora. What is it? <laughs> it's it's uh, like Piazzadora. But the first time, if you guys recall that
2: rookie season, like he had a couple really nice games early on. And and you're kind of just like, I don't know. So when he became the guy that I was like, oh, man, this guy could be something really special. I really don't even know what that date was. I know it was his rookie season. It might have – everybody points to that San Antonio game where he went – You know, Denver lost the game, but he looked like a a legitimate stud. And you're kind of like, holy crap, this dude is hitting for real shots and
1: for real passes and stuff.
3: Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, made such a good point, Adam. The show's over.
1: Do you Do you want me to tell my? <laughs> a uh, lot. my you want me to tell my yes. memory? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. So I'm a I'm I'm a sick person. You know this. I'm very very focused on the Nuggets. I have been for a very long time. Uh, it's the only reason you know me is because of my obsession with the Denver Nuggets. So um I had a very boring, very bad job where I would just sit in a cubicle and I would. The part next to me was open so I could talk to this one guy. Oh, and this one guy,
3: guy,
1: no, 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 John Till. John Till talks much more than I do. I, okay. I, I know that's hard to imagine anyway. <laughs> um, but he was Greek, he's from Greece, and so he's very tuned in to the world of European basketball and European sports. And so after the draft, I didn't hear him until the draft, but after the draft, he was like, Yo, this guy. Like one MVP of the Adriatic League. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, okay. Like, I'm interested in that 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 could mean something so he was a guy I definitely was was super interested in Moody was the number one guy obviously because like at that point it was like a high pick it was like a he made like a few like amazing passes in summer league and then never again
2: (laughs) one thing I remember because I was like I said still fresh in the game so I didn't really know Tim Conley well but I did have a few interactions with him I think it was at a stiffs night out party at at Andy Feinstein's old bar Jake's where I, I went up to him and I was like, "Yo, I love Nurkic. I love bigs who can pass. This guy's incredible." And this was before Jokic came over, and he's like, "Where do you see Jokic? Mm. That guy's the best pass
0: <laughs> I've
1: ever seen." And I was like, "I was like, I don't know. Nurk's pretty good. He throws that yeah. out
2: not like, yeah, sure. well, yeah.
1: well, it, that, And that was the thing too is that uh, it wasn't, it was not at all immediately clear that Jokic was going to come over. Like it was, yeah. it was like, "Oh, this is a draft and stash. This yeah. is like." Peter Cornelay or something. This is like right. a guy that you're not counting on. It like in a few years, maybe we'll like check back in. Maybe you'll hear about his name, whatever. Like, but then when I then we then he won the MVP of the Adriatic League. Then he came to Summer League, and at a certain point, it was like, yeah, no, you have to like you got like you're good enough to, to to play on this team. So. Um, it was even – like, if you think back, Eric, the the, chrono,
2: uh, the order here is actually interesting because he has his rookie season, and it's limited minutes, but he looks awesome, and his, like, advanced numbers are off the chart. We're kind of like, I don't know. I think he's for real good, not just – you know how there's rookie good where a guy plays five minutes, and he's like, I don't know. Zeke Najee this year, I'm kind of like, you know, he looks like he might actually be good, but like, I don't know. It was way more than that, but everybody else thought it wasn't. They were like, you know, we'll see what – but when it really clicked – was in the the Olympics that summer because he goes through one season and then I believe it's right after that rookie season that he goes to the Olympics and has a phenomenal Olympics, just incredible. Yeah. Almost beats Team USA. Goes up against Demarcus Cousins and this or that and is incredible. And to me, it was I don't remember where the moment was, but I just know going into the sophomore season, I was already like fully enlisted in the Okauchee Army and ready to like fight anybody. <laughs> you know, like all right, that's it. We're putting our flag down and. Uh, that year started off so weird with the Nurkic Jokic um pairing, you know, it was a little as a little bit strange and, and and it got and then Jokic going to the bench, he just felt un, unwell weird and stuff, but by the time he took over, of course, I can't believe by the way today Harrison Michael Malone screwed it up, December 12th he says.
0: I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: He, he was rat- he was rattling off all our uh, all our catchphrases too. He threw a "we didn't skip steps" in there, um, and he then he was talking. And, and he didn't he didn't throw an "we don't back down." He almost did. I thought he almost did. I thought he almost did. Um, maybe it's coming. But yeah, he was talking about December fifteenth, and he said December twelfth. Like uh, what man. the heck? Well, well, so I have a question.
1: So, Duane's do
3: we- a fraud. Unbelievable. Well, so
1: do we now have two high holy Jokic days where it's December 15th? And then, and now today? Does today become oh, a new is, holiday?
0: What is the date today? June 28th, baby. No. Today just needs to be <laughs> like – Today just needs to be Nikola Jokic Day. Isn't in, this the in, isn't this the Ascension? In Denver, Colorado. Isn't today the
3: Ascension? Sure, Eric. And then so is tomorrow <laughs> and then the day after that. No, no.
1: This is like so, – what, what is that? Easter? Is like, no, th- th- yes, this is he's, this is Jokic Easter. Like he I'm was stamped. Well, I'm not, <laughs> not really, really, but he was he was made. He became a made man today. Jokic is a made man today. Like yeah. it's not up for debate anymore whether or not he's MVP caliber. He is an MVP <laughs> of the league. <laughs>
0: totally like that's enough. not
1: a question anymore. You can't you don't you can't say like eh, he's, whatever. Like no full like this dude is the best player in the NBA. Full stop. Uh, he won not by any small margin. He destroyed the field. It was insane. He got ninety-one yeah. votes for yeah. first place. Ninety-one of 100 first place votes. Yep. Yeah. It, it, not not that it's like a violent thing, but it's like yo. There's no doubt. If you're saying something far in the wrong, that if a statistician wouldn't even count that as a result. You're like two percent. Right, right. <laughs> like you're you're a variance, dude. Like if you th- say anything else, so. Can I tell
2: you though? I'm a little happy. This is gonna shock you. I'm a little happy. Derek Rose got a vote.
1: It's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, it it no be, if it wasn't gonna be, if uh, like an, or, uh unanimous, like okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Let's have like let's get a little sentiment in there. Why not? F it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm telling that's you, man. That's great. My- that's a great comment
2: right there. Oh, call it. Yeah, my old one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and probably premature
1: and call aboard
2: the bandwagon hell yeah i'm telling you this is my style if you guys know me i always put these bullshit hedges in
3: there and it's so- i know dude i, I keep always, looking at your uh, hedges i, I not have to
2: hedge i just talk about 1500 words i've stayed I've probably i know you the believe it. Of the night because i was like so freaking hype and i t- i've talked about this a lot i talk about it less and less because i am it becomes a lot of old uncle rico stuff but part of why i was so drawn to him is because it was like the the form was there that i recognized i was like man it's It it, it's I always wanted to see this. It was almost like looking into a mirror and seeing like the best version of what you know you could have become. Obviously not an NBA player, but I'm just saying you see it and you're like, this is why I wish there was a Jokic 20 years ago. 20 actually, I guess not 30 years ago. Because I wish that there's this is why it inspires me so much is because I know there's a whole new generation of young players that are like, oh, I could do that. I thought I always had to go down and do this other dumb stuff where I had to, I had to be Kevin McCale and post <laughs> rebound. I had this
0: same thought, man. I had this same thought, and I asked Michael Mullen about this today because, like, when you're a kid and you see that the best player in the NBA, the MVP, is this guy who plays this way, like, kids are going to want to play that way. Like, this is going to bring a whole new generation of players who want to be an unselfish, Big man who's a great passer, you know, and, and can play all around the court. Can can bang inside. Can shoot the three. Has great touch around the rim. Like people are going to want to play like this guy. That's but that's the underrated part, I think. Here, quick counterpoint:
1: Do you think anybody ever has ever modeled their game after Tim Duncan? Have we seen a wave of uh, Tim Duncan type players?
2: No, yeah, we haven't seen a wave of it because. It, but Jokic is a little it's bit
0: different, though. That's man, right, it's I, like, different. I don't know if you can. play There's I don't a know if like already in
1: the driveway. But I don't know if you could play like Jokic unless you're Jokic. Like I, I you know, I, I don't think it's a style of play.
0: Oh, a I center, think... a center can be a point guard. Like a center goal, can
2: but a center, can, line a line center can
0: bring the ball up the floor. That's sure, that but... is acceptable. But none of those guys play even half of a hell.
2: Eric, I'm telling you, this is one like where I'm speaking from experience on this as a tall player, where you would always go to the, you know the basketball camps or practices or AAU teams or whatever, and you're like, let me do this this time, like let me initiate the offense, and it was always like, no, we're what you no. Point guard initiate offense, big man set screen and rebound. And it's just that's yep. what I'm saying is yep. you're right that nobody just gets to walk in and throw the crazy <laughs> passes and like read the court like that. But it's just the idea of like why we have a big man who can dribble and pass, maybe not like Jokic, but why don't we use that to our advantage now right. and have him doing some of this stuff to confuse the defense?
3: And that's that's what I'm getting at. So so yes, I, I-, I found my first ever Jokic article. Uh, so I, I, my beginning was December of 20, uh, what it have been? It was the December that Jokic became the starter. Uh, 2016, 2016, December 2016 was when I first started watching the nuggets. Uh, my first article for hoops habit, I was the only person at the site writing about the nuggets. If you can believe it, uh, came four years ago in an effort to upset my friends in the Northeast. It's titled Nikola Jokic is a better prospect and Chris Stapp's Porzingis. But yeah, I want to read this cold, The coldest frigid take. At the time, dude, it was, it was hot. Yeah, it was spicy. But you're right. So here's me waxing poetic really briefly about Jokic. He lacks NBA-level explosiveness, but he finishes at the rim with ease. As a center, he makes passes that point guards don't see coming. No one actually calls him the unicorn, but he might actually be a better shooter than Porzingis. He's like a 6'11 Serbian Larry Bird. Yeah. Got it. Writing four years ago. Wow. So when I heard Pop say that, I was like, "All right, maybe I'm not an idiot." That was the first time Um, I felt like a not idiot. Yeah, the first time in (laughs) your
2: life. Yeah, I see some people saying that's American camp. Serbia is different. Well, one, one that it's different now, just in general, like it's, it's a little bit different from what it was. It's already moving a little bit in that direction, but two, it's still a matter of degree. It's still like Steve Nash talks about, think about how great Steve Nash was. And Steve right. Nash was like, I never thought to shoot more threes. Like it just didn't cross my head. Cause I thought I was already shooting so many at four or five a game. Then Steph Curry comes out and shoots 14. And he's like, well, why wouldn't I do that? Like, yeah, maybe I could have made, maybe not Steph Curry amount, but I could have made a lot. And I think it's the same with, with Jokic Were there coaches and camps in which they would allow a little bit of this like a little bit yes but why there was always this idea of like yes but that's the counter punch the real punch is traditional and I think just think Jokic breaks that in a way that's really great for basketball and, and I keep bringing this up but Bomani Jones you know who I love he's so on this about like why aren't more people attracted to Jokic as a player because he's so if you love the game of basketball you truly love it you love when a player or person causes you to rethink it because you love, it's like watching an old movie you love, but then finding out a new angle of it. And you're like, Oh shit, like Easter eggs. Now I'm now I get to watch my favorite movie with new eyes. Cause I'm looking for these Easter eggs. That's what Jokic is like. He, we're watching the game through new eyes and we get to rediscover it all over again.
1: It's yeah, it's so true. It, he's just, <laughs> I mean, it just can't, it cannot be overstated how, truly special of a human being he is he's yeah. as you know the top human being here on earth um but just like it, i don't know it's it's funny to me that it's even like difficult for people to see at first because to me it's just so glaring like why this guy is so goddamn incredible although i get it like sometimes you want you don't know much about a sport like it it just kind of looks like moving shapes but man as soon as you realize like what's happening even a little bit from a strategic standpoint it's like oh my god like this guy is just destroying other people like he's just like mentally just breaking them and to it, the it's- point
3: eric where you find yourself in these debates and you go okay i've identified the difference i watch him play basketball yes. and you do not <laughs> Yeah. because yeah, if yeah. you did you'd be on my side and yeah then that's that yeah
2: uh- I know. What I'm so I, sad we're not at the bar to have Rakia right now. Like, I know, dude. I'm so pissed. I'm actually upset at the Nuggets for not alerting us to this. It actually makes me
0: mad. Well, th- it sucks that it happened right before like a night of playoff games. It was in the news cycle for literally an hour. <laughs>
3: <You know? laughs> it's so true, dude. And they
2: should have released this Friday at 10 p.m. It's really That would have been the perfect just bury it. <laughs> they,
3: they kind of, I mean, they pretty much did. They're like, anyway, here's Joel Embiid and, Bede, and no. uh, here's some he a guy who doesn't know Jokic's name, so <laughs> Nikola Kovic? No, That's I, unbelievable. I, you know, it, that oh might just god. been a COVID Freudian slip. Who knows? But we know, have issues going on. Oh my god! We, no, terrible.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Go ahead, Harrison.
0: I was gonna say, are, are we still on this Jokic timeline type thing? Because there was another one I wanted yes, to bring yes, up. Yes, yes, I want to get us. back to it. Yep. So uh March of 2017. So he, he's already the starter. December 15th has passed. He has the post-up against LeBron. You guys remember the post-up, right? That's oh, of a mismatch course, for us. Man. Of a Yeah. So like oh God, they I beat almost, they I yeah. passed out. I almost passed <laughs> they, beat, out. They, they beat the Cavs, and in the third quarter, um there was like a switch, and somehow Jokic ended up with the ball on the left block with LeBron James guarding him. And I was in the arena for this moment, and I swear it was it, it was like one of those experiences that, or just one of those moments that you never forget, because the arena just got totally silent. It felt like, like it, totally silent, and there was just a spotlight on Jokic backing down LeBron, and everybody cleared out, and everybody just watched it. Slow everybody motion, just, right? Yeah, it's slow motion. Everybody just watched it happen. And like two dribbles, little. <laughs> A right hook over his left shoulder. And the arena, Pepsi Center, as it was called back then, just erupted. Absolutely erupted. Harrison, you
1: don't understand, like, being on the other side of that, being part of the the them that erupted. Like, I stood up and I screamed, he can't stop him! He can't stop him! (laughs) And I got lightheaded, and I literally almost toppled to what what (laughs) would have been my death and it would have been fine like that would have been a perfect time to go out i would have been fine i don't care
0: (laughs) i
2: I have this theory that special things happen for special players like little moments like that there's good players all the time but and they'll have a moment here or there but but great players just great ones like those types of moments find them and when that moment happened you kind of were like man, this is awesome. He's like, he, he has it. He has this like mystique about him, this glow where even LeBron James can't stop him in certain moments or, or whatever. And and that was so early in, in, in the
0: trajectory and in the career. And it was a great one. Um, the triple double. Oh, yeah, I, I was just going to say the, the post game moment w- was also big with that because Michael Malone after the game goes, it was a defining moment. And then Jokic was asked about it. Um By Vic Lombardi, and Vic was like, Oh, that's going to be something you remember forever. And he was like, Nah, nah, nah. It was just a mismatch for us. And like, it it was, it was no shade at LeBron or anything. It was just, Jokic is too naive to know that that was shade. Right. It was, it was, it was Nicola just saying, I'm 6'11, LeBron is 6869. That's a mismatch for us. Like, that's why I scored (laughs) because it was a mismatch. (laughs)
3: How about about the year for Serbia, by the way? What's the word for congratulations? Because I'm saying that to you. Just 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 just
0: say
1: Givali and move on. Come on. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's, it's, people have sent me that so much, and I just want people to understand. I have no idea the difference between Euro Cup and Euro League. Same. I know nothing. nothing. People are all like, "They did this, this, this." I'm like, "I don't, what is, is one of those Olympics or something? I don't know what is going on here. I don't know. Be, be, Europeans don't realize how little we know, and quite frankly, I'm not trying to be condescending, but how little we care about like the Euro League. Like we sure. care about it the same way I care about NCAA basketball, which is like, how does this pertain to the NBA? Because it's the best league, it's the most best competition, and it, it's just hard for for whatever reason, it's an American thing to get to care too much about a
3: secondary league, even though it has fantastic players, like really, really great players. So. Also, you guys are clinically insane for watching basketball at the hours that you do. All of you should go to jail or, I know. or like, <laughs> you guys you enough. guys remember this shot that
0: is talking about? I remember it, yes. No, of four, course, the one did that me. didn't count, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, Yes, that was such a ridiculous shot. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's
2: <laughs> one of those special things, like you know, how like Luca and Steph will always make crazy shots, and you're yeah. kind of like, there's something to them that gives him this p- superpower. That was one with Yoke, where I'm just like, Of course, he hit it. There's something in his right. brain that just makes him better than everyone, and he makes shots like that sometimes. Um, there was the fastest triple doubles. Uh, you know, the fastest triple-double ever. I mean, he put up some crazy – when he goes into the garden and, and drops the 40-piece on Porzingis, there
3: just were so many big moments that – I think I put this one on a higher pedestal than others, but the perfect triple-double on DeAndre Ayton, I think about that all the time, um, specifically because Ayton is this prototype athlete, blue-chip American basketball prospect, you know, a kind of guy who, if he didn't know any better, might have been looking at Jokic in that game thinking he's ready to feast – and it was just like the sort of ultimate display of of what we were articulating earlier with greatness taking different forms. You just think like Aiton has since reflected on it and, and treated that as a learning moment. But I'll always remember that as one of the ultimate displays of like, yo, you think this is what matters? Like bet. Like, yeah, I got you. We'll, we'll show you who wins this game.
2: Jokic has just been such a rewarding player to root for and to watch. And not even just, I mean, all of it, just follow, just pay attention to. And this is why, you know, I saw a lot of people, and we appreciate you guys, we've talked about this all the time, but we see some people saying that, like, we have made the experience better or, or, you know, that we are, are a part of their experience of Jokic and this or that. And this is why I always laugh when there's the analysts, especially the local ones, that just want to, like, make the experience as annoying as possible by constantly reminding you by any shortcomings that happen, including with Jokic, like, oh, yeah, but they lost game one. And you're just like, dude, you don't get it. Because the actual, like, emotional investment and the return you get on that emotional investment, if you allow yourself to, it's just been so worth it. And with Jokic, more so than any other athlete in my career. And that's why when people make those comments, I'm like,
1: Dude, make them say them louder because all you do is push people towards us. Yeah, well, I I don't mind when people are derisive about a team that has no promise that like doesn't lead you to an idea that you're gonna feel good about something that's a farce. (laughs) But like the Nuggets were are the truth. Like I don't know how far they're gonna go or how far they're gonna get, but I know that they're going to be emotionally rewarding. Like I do know that, like because. I've seen what Nikola Jokic is. I see what Nikola Jokic does. It's uh, incredible. It gets more enjoyable, ev- like all the t- You know, again, like even if, if, God forbid, this is as good as it ever gets with Nikola Jokic, just the night that he wins the MVP and you feel this level of validation, it was 100% worth it because it has been such an unbelievable joy. Like, the thing that you're looking for in life to enhance your life, joy. Like it gives you joy to watch Nikola Jokic. It's, he is a gift unto us. We need to like those who shut, who would deny Jokic. It's just, it's like, it's unforgivable. And um,
0: because, yeah, man, and the we, reason we, we have lived, we have lived one of the greatest sports stories for sure. ever.
3: We glad I'm glad for you guys, you know, as someone who, who came here and was able to sort of see you guys as lighthouse figures and, and figure this thing out. But you talked about how Jokic was almost passed by, you know, by the national media. It almost happened locally too, right? I mean, folks didn't know and with good reason. And when I got here, the Nuggets were at the bottom of that totem pole. I saw two Nuggets jerseys. They were Kenneth Fareed jerseys and they oh, were true. worn by homeless dudes in the alley of 16th Street. <laughs> but that was it. I went to a Nuggets, I went to a bar, asked to watch the Nuggets game. They said, we got the football game on. It was Tennessee and Kansas City. Like we've come a long way and you know, this boat was almost missed here as well. So, you know, as a transplant and not just trying to toot our own horn, but I'm grateful to you guys and all the other media members who, who stopped and said, Hey, it's borderline our duty. It's borderline our duty to spread the word of Jokic.
2: This is why the Kronkies really deserve a lot of like sort of shame and, and they really deserve everything people get is because Mm. as Eric Mm. says, Jokic is a gift to the city of Denver. It truly is. And to like, in any way,
3: Create a barrier
2: of entry for that gift to people as a crime. It's like, hey, man, (laughs) you can't wall this off from people. Give it to people. Like, force them to see it because it's so great. Uh, Two more moments I want to talk about, though. One was game 82. You know, that was, uh, like, my expectation of what Jokic was. I have always thought it was up here. But there are certain moments where you realize, like, wow, I have even more faith in him. And that was one of them. Seeing him perform under that pressure at that level, I remember being like, wow, he's about it. And then the next one, believe it or not, guys, a weird one. Game four, 2019 playoffs against Portland. Denver loses in game three in quadruple overtime. I Zero percent chance. That's the odds I gave Denver to win game four. Zero percent mm. chance. Jokic is too tired, oh, too true. to turn around, whatever. And the fact that he came out and played harder than everyone, had a phenomenal game and carried a victory. I was just like, this dude, I mean, again, that's one of those special things where I'm like, there's great players, and then there's greatness, and he has greatness in him, as Austin Rivers says.
3: That was also what the conditioning stuff was really like put to bet. I mean, other people might bring it up, but you had a very handy response, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. And this, this is to to bring it this to present day, like why I'm not at all worried for the Nuggets against the Suns. Like I know that Jokic is going to come out, and he's going to do what Jokic does, which is, like, like no part of me thinks that he doesn't give less effort in the first game because he's just kind of drafting in. Like, this is what he does. And then he, like, like clamps down.
0: And I'm just, I, he's incredible. Jokic is incredible. <laughs> yeah, he really is. What, what people don't remember about that game 82, or, or maybe they do, but, like, Nikola Jokic was the only Nuggets player who played well in that game. Like, if you just look at the starters, right. uh Jamal Murray, 8 of 18 from the field. Are you talking Will about game Barton? seven? No, talking about game 82 uh, against oh, Minnesota. 82, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray, 8 of 18. Will Bart 9 of 22. Paul Millsap, 3 of 8. Uh, Wilson Chandler, of course, 0 of 3 That's in 48 right. minutes. Zero
3: points, yeah.
0: And Nicole was <laughs> the only guy who played well for Denver in that
2: game. <laughs> he the carried him. And they had Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah. You know, a, a guy God, the was confidence incredible. and clutchness and, and everything—it was the like
0: only Yogi reason was
3: clearly the best player on this in this game. He also got it done. Like the the counter was like, "Yo, Taj Gibson, kick that guy's ass!" Yeah, like literally, go beat him up. And the refs yeah, were like, Word, yeah. "That's fine." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it totally was.
3: Um, let's take another break. On
2: the other side, I want to wrap wrap up the show by talking about: Are we upset that there wasn't more? fan or player interaction after this like I heard I saw Luka Doncic congratulate him. I don't know if I saw anybody else you guys can catch me up to speed in fact the chats I'm sure will Nerkich. are we upset oh Nurkic, yeah that's right shouts to, shouts to Nurkic back in the club the first one <laughs> we'll find out but um you know I, I want to talk about that and then I also want to talk about game two because this is our preview you know episode heading into game two so
0: I want to talk about what this award could mean carrying it into game two uh, yeah, guys, are pumped to have Illegal Pete's back on board here at DNVR. And Illegal Pete's is also hiring. You ever wanted to work at Illegal Pete's? Uh, great spot, great food. Uh, now's your chance. They're hosting a hiring fair June 9th. Uh, so tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, at the South Broadway Pete's location from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then on June 10th at the DTC Pete's from nine to 11 a.m. No appointment or resume necessary. Just show up. Uh, and if you're interested, uh, but can't make it, you can email them people at illegalpets, uh, dot com. They'll get you set up with an interview. Uh, Legal Pete's. They care about their employees. They pay a living wage to all employees starting at $15 an hour. Plus tips, free food and drink on shift discounted off duty. Uh, 401k match PTO to all employees and options for health insurance uh, as well for a full-time employee. So, uh, check out that job fair uh, with Legal Pete's June 9th at the South Broadway location, uh, June 10th at their DTC location as well. And we also got to talk about just our great friends over at DraftKings who who, who had to pay out a little bit of money. They had to pay out a little bit of money this I afternoon, did. but um, I, I, I think they they're made still, they're a still lot doing fine.
2: I, you know what? Because I'm sure they had to pay the uh, all of us. But what was the world
0: voting on? LeBron, Curry, right. like they made they raked up. Like how many people actually bet on Jokic to an MVP? Four? The, the no, people on this show. Every, man,
2: no, there's been a lot of people <laughs> that kidding, have been I'm hitting kidding, us up that have been watching this show that
0: yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. You,
2: we moved the line when we kept telling everybody to bet it. Like the next day it jumped so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, if you are a new user and uh, haven't signed up, this is a great time to do so. Uh, pick any basketball team that's still in contention. Bet $1. If that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. It's it's as easy as that. Sign up uh, with the code DNVR. Pick any basketball team that's still in contention. Bet $1. If that team wins, you win $100 in site credit. Make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credit. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If you do, and if they win, you will claim $100 in free credit. That's promo code DNVR. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older Colorado, only new customers only. Wager paid out in-site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 four seven zero zero. and finally at Stravacraftcoffee.com new users can get 25% off with the code DnVR25. Uh, hit up Stravacraftcoffee.com get a Stravacraft coffee subscription get that CBD coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and use that code DnVR25 for 25 percent off your first purchase.
2: Alrighty. Great stuff there. Um, Final segment here. I just want to ask what I let in there. So Nurkic, I saw, shouted him out. RJ Hampton. RJ Hampton's like a former teammate. Doesn't quite count, you know, former teammates or whatever. But I saw Nurkic, who also a former teammate. So maybe he doesn't count either. And then Luca, was there any other shout outs? Did you see? I'm kind of shocked at how little, like Jokic clearly not in
3: the club. Well, let's, let's just address, I think what's the top layer of this. Jokic isn't on any social media. He's not seeing that. He's not responding view. to that. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. point. He's not interacting Holy with dead. these guys. Wow. There it is. Sorry, Eric. I, you're kind of chopping up, so I can't tell if you're agreeing with me or telling me I'm an idiot. But or streaming, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so I just – like, look, a lot of these guys met <laughs> Jokic for the first time at these recent All-Star games, and that's the extent of their relationships with him. Good point. Um, so there's not – they could send that out into the ether, and no one will care. um Um, so i think that's part of it i do yeah i think it's probably a lot of it i mean there are definitely a lot of layers to
2: it but that probably is one of the biggest ones is it is funny when people like will hop on it happens on facebook a lot but it happens even more on uh, or it happens too on twitter sometimes where people will be like i just want to give a happy birthday to my mom is she on twitter no no why are
0: <laughs> you why are you tweeting that why are you tweeting that what what <laughs> or, or, or like when somebody's like oh i want to shout out so-and-so but they like at them but it's the wrong at yeah, like i, I could have seen somebody oh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. that with jokic like yeah. if, <laughs> if god forbid lebron like said congratulations he would have just been like at nicola jokic but it's just <laughs> An account that goes nowhere, you know. Uh,
2: I do think it's interesting too. You know, I we obviously made the video about the Kobe prediction, but Kobe now undefeated and will remain undefeated for eternity on predicting MVPs. He had Giannis wins two in a row. He had Jokic wins. And they had no other prediction. so it's kind of kind of a crazy kind of a crazy little thing. Turns out Kobe Bryant new ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently he did. Kobe's no. also an interesting one because one of the layers is obviously a European layer. You know, there's the American born player and Kobe's like interestingly both, you know, he's an American player who grew up yes. in Italy. And Good so way. like he has, I think an appreciation for European players in a way that most American born players don't, um, which I just think is kind of interesting. Um, what do you think this does, Eric for Jokic tomorrow night going in now? Cause I always thought this was going to be game three home crowd like that was like oh denver's not losing game three they got the home crowd the mvp award ever all of that but now it's weird it's off night going into game two how does that affect things
1: all right, well, first off, let me know if my audio sucks. I uh, I got relegated to a lesser internet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so oh. yeah. Anyway, um, how does it play? And I don't know. I want to run through a wall. Like I feel like I can accomplish <laughs> absolutely everything. I don't know why Jokic <laughs> would feel any less. Like he's humble, but you know that. Like as soon as that thought hits you, you're like your image in Times Square with like a big. Stamp that says Nikola Jokic is the MVP, like, and it's a—he's made—he's made in the whole world, like he's the MVP of the NBA. It's unbelievable. So yes, uh-huh. it's going to make. Yes, he's, he's, we're going to see a residual effect from that.
3: Yes. What do you think? Vote. Uh What's the question? Sorry. <laughs> what do you think, Harrison?
0: <laughs> um- <laughs> I don't know man uh I don't think it's really gonna have any effect um, actually I don't um. It would. Somebody in the comments says he's
2: going to get a bunch of free throws. It would be hilarious if he gets like <laughs> free throws tomorrow. Like, you're the MVP. Of course, we're going to. get Yeah, they would yeah. actually be
1: like in their best yeah. interest to have him get no fouls
0: again. They'd be like, see, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't, don't have me.
1: preferential treatment. Even the MVP yeah. gets no calls.
0: The, the league <laughs> shoved it into such a tight window that there's a huge chunk of like NBA fans who probably don't even know he won it today. Do so, the refs know? Someone let Scott yeah. Foster know. Someone the refs might have oh, been just God. like in the air on a plane. They might have missed it. Yeah. Are those are the, You think those bros are on Twitter? We could hit them up. Let them know. <laughs>
1: oh
0: my See, I don't think it's going to change. I don't. I don't think it's going to have any any bearing on the game tomorrow. No. See,
2: I think it will. And it's funny because Malone talked to today. He he had the the, the money quote there where he said Jokic is exhausted. And, you know, just kind of a, a interesting thing to even let slip or or to say publicly. But, I mean, it's also like, come on, we all know he is. No. Um, but I do think that there is a little bit of extra pressure added to you, but also extra excitement that you get from, like, I can't lose after winning the MVP. Like, I got to go up, out there now and, and demonstrate that I am everything. And then I'm sure Jokic, too. I know he doesn't have the social media, but he has to know that one of the things everybody said, fair or not, after that last game was, Aiton and Jokic were awash in that game. Like, Aiden guards, Aiden can show up. Like, he's got to hear these things and be like, you know what? Got my MVP. I got to go out there and dominate this matchup just to remind everybody. You know, I, I feel like there's a little bit extra there.
0: I think one thing that it could do is with Denver's role players, maybe it inspires them a little because they're thinking, like, all right, playing with the MVP here. Like, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to raise my game. I'm playing alongside the MVP. Yeah, but uh-huh. also,
1: you know, Jokic is the type of person that like, looks at those 91 votes that were cast for him. And he's like, I can't let them down now. Like, I need to make sh- Yeah, like, I need to make sure they look good for picking me like for believing in me. Like yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. I think he's a person that like understands his role in people's lives that way. Did we get a chance? Any anybody go back and rewatch
2: re- the game? I'm actually going to give it another rewatch to try to prepare a list tonight. But you know, Harrison, what did or I'll go to you. Vote. What did what did you think upon reviewing
3: of this game? Well, Caitlin Cooper made this really good point on Twitter that I think we've all seen now, which is part of where Jokic's exhaustion stemmed from. And a yeah. lot of that is 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 Phoenix yanking him around the court like a yo-yo with all these actions. Um, you know, he's coming out real high on a lot of these screens. And they are moving the ball a lot and it ends up getting to the corners and he's just flying around. Um and constantly having to move, recover, move, recover. And it's it's like his burden, you know, on offense is like that's taxing in and of itself. Um him having to he has nowhere to hide in offensive possessions and now defensively, the Suns are just making all five guys move, particularly Jokic. So it's a big load. <laughs>
1: Yo, I, we, we saw zone at the end of that game. I wonder if we'll see it more, so that Jokic is not in; he's not chasing anybody. He's just waiting for people to come to him.
2: I, I'll tell you what—that to me, that's like a little bit of a of a hail mary. <laughs> like maybe we'll see it a little bit to spell him, because you are right that it, it could that it could give you a break. And let's be honest, in that second half, Denver didn't get any stops. Like if, you might as well play any type of zone or any kind of gimmicky de- defense if you're not going to get any stops. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll see. I'll say this. When I went back and rewatched the game, you know, Jokic's fatigue level and the way he sort of fell off a cliff. I thought he was fine in the first half, actually pretty solid on the, good. the game, and then just fell off a cliff at the exact moment. And I think those things go hand in hand. Phoenix got a little hot. He got personally a little cold, and mm-hmm. it was a, you know, run. Um, but I do think that the Nuggets are the team from the first half. And the Suns are the team from the first half and the second half. Like, the both things are true. You know, Phoenix is a team that will punish you for every mistake you make. That's how good they are. I keep telling people, think of this Suns team like you think of, you know, 11 Spurs. They're a team that maybe isn't flashy, maybe doesn't have the top-end talent of like a Lakers or a Clippers, even though they have great players. But what they are is a very low-mistake team that every time you drop your drop your gloves, they get a little jab in there. And last night, Denver dropped their gloves, took a couple jabs, got knocked out. <laughs> it was a knockout. Yeah.
0: Um, Devin Booker had eight assists in that game, and a lot of that was because, like, Denver just sent two guys at him in every pick and roll, every dribble handoff, and made yep. him give it up. Devin Booker made a lot of nice passes I thought in that game after he had the five turnovers in the first half in the second half he made a lot of really good passes so I'm curious to see if Denver continues with that strategy or or kind of backs off a little and tries to make Devin Booker beat them more Um, the other thing that was really apparent to me and this is what I wrote about uh, after game one Aaron Gordon is like at the center of the Nuggets' offensive game plan. I feel like like yeah. Denver is is really putting a priority on getting Devin Booker switched onto Aaron Gordon and then posting Aaron Gordon up. Like but this he, is something
2: on him in large part because of the cross match with Gordon guarding him, and I think that's part of it. Is well, they're like every time they don't score. Get down the court quickly and force him to guard you in the post. Right,
0: but a lot of it was like Jay Crowder was was guarding Aaron Gordon, particularly in the first half, and then Denver would just run a quick like rub screen and get that switch, mm-hmm. and then Devin Booker would be on him, and immediately like Monte Morris, Faku, Jokic, they're all looking for Aaron Gordon in the post. So th- that that seems like it's a huge part uh, of Denver's game plan this series. Like maybe get Booker in foul trouble, maybe tire out Booker. By just making him guard Aaron Gordon in the post, because mm. that's like a tough matchup. Yeah. Um, that's gonna wear him down a little. And it's it's a mismatch, you know. But like Jokic on LeBron. It's a mismatch.
1: Yeah, he he was punishing uh Devin Booker in the in the post. Like Aaron Gordon was like really making him work, and he made him look really bad a few times with like fouls where he ba- like he not only got the foul, but he also got abused. <laughs> like, right. And I think it probably had an effect on his you know, like maybe because he wasn't as engaged in the game. He maybe was a little bit tired. Same thing that we're talking about with Jokic. Like um, it's interesting. Yeah.
3: And building off of Win's point, you know, if you are looking to get away from the double, we didn't see, I mean, we saw a fair amount of it. Um Gordon on Booker looked pretty good for times. I mean, I still don't know if you do that as a primary assignment, all game, but it is something you can turn to. If you're looking to get away from the double, he had two, three moments, that one sort of block. I think it was recorded as a steal, actually, where he just kind of took it from him at the top of the shot. But I thought Gordon looked great in that aspect. Uh, One last observation, Deandre Eaton is a little, I guess, tentative is the word with contesting threes. Doesn't like to get all the way out there. I thought Phoenix was switching that in the fourth. They were getting smaller guys on Jokic who are, who are more willing and able to get out there and contest that shot.
2: Yeah. I think that's a great point. Jokic's three ball is going to be really important. And fatigue plays a factor in how you shoot the three. So, you know, I'm going to be interested to see how he does that. But I do think he's going to come out firing from three. Like tomorrow I'm going to take his over on three-pointers because I do think it becomes such – there's some games where you know Jokic is like, okay, this is part of the game plan. I'm going to take five or six early because I have to. And, and so I think there's going to be opportunity, uh, opportunity there. Um, Denver, we talk about how to stop them in the pick and roll. I think Denver, it's a pick-your-poison situation. I think the poison they might have to pick is Devin Booker and Chris Paul going nuclear from the mid-range, which they kind of did already anyway in that game. But what they also got was 30 assists. You know, 11 from Chris Paul, 8 from Devin Booker, 30 as a team. And it reminds me so much of that first game against Portland where it's like you can't give up everything. And Denver gave up everything. If you say – Devin Booker's going to have 30. Chris Paul's going to have 30. They're going to combine for 60 points. But guess what? The assists are going to be 20, 20 assists or under. Then I think Denver has a real chance in that because they gave up 122 points last night anyway. It's not like they were getting stops. If you can get down to 110, and yes, those guys are going to look like superstars, and they're good enough to even beat you doing that, it's harder to beat you two points at a time off contested mid
3: mid-rangers than it is off of everything, getting everything. I think – Bridges, Crowder, and Craig combined for nearly 50 points. Dude, this is
1: exactly what happened in a Portland game.
3: Exactly.
2: We, it is of so- Denver's defense.
1: And the, <laughs> the question is, can they adjust? To- I know, but there also is just like, we had absurdly hot shooting from unlikely sources that can swing. A, you know, I mean, like, if you, it's funny because I, I mean, I, when you look at the stats, I mean, obviously watching the game tells a much better story of, of, of everything, but like, Denver had more three pointers than um, Phoenix did, and they scored more points in the paint, which may, is bo- which boggles the mind. And then the only the the only major difference was free throws, and it was vast. It was vast. Yeah, well, was there, like- was,
2: there was a vast difference there. <laughs> did you see this tweet I put out today, Eric? And I guess I'll share it with everybody now. Um, let me see if I know how to do this again. Do I remember how to do this? Chrome tab, Adam, GameFlow. I saw this on uh, I saw this on Reddit. <laughs> The top one is Denver-Portland game one, and you can see the gray line showing you that at eight minutes. Can you guys see this? Yeah. yeah eight minutes yeah. and 34 seconds. Denver was up 64 to 73. You go to the game against Phoenix with 7.30, so only just a minute difference. Denver's up 72 to <laughs> And if you look at this, close game, back-and-forth game, Denver's biggest lead. Close yep. game, back-and-forth game, Denver's biggest lead. Collapse, collapse. <laughs> it's just so funny that it really does mimic it in every single, yeah, way, but... in every single way. And even the final score was almost identical. It was like one hundred nine to one hundred twenty-three versus one hundred five to one hundred twenty-two. So, um there is reason to think that this is a familiar script to Denver. And yes. well,
3: now, now you know. I don't know what one I, difference like Phoenix can get a stop. You know that's just the big difference to me. <laughs> Maybe
2: I mean yeah we'll see we'll see. They definitely did. They definitely did in this game. Um, but you know Jokic went quiet. You go back and watch was, those books Jokic got, and it was like one time he had two tippins that he missed, and you're just like, dude, he never misses one tip-in, let alone two. So and those no yeah. weren't contested either. They were just like,
1: what? you know what? It, I mean, you know what it is too. It's like. We, we can break the game down however we want, like talk about every aspect. And it's just like Jokic wasn't good enough. And so the Nuggets lost And like that at a certain point, like that's really all it comes down to for the Denver Nuggets. Like all of this other stuff we talk about amounts to like 10% of the score, maybe like yeah, yeah. everything else is Nicole. Yo- like everything else is Nicole Jokic. And if he yeah. is on one, like we're going to win. And if he's gets tired and kind of crumbles down the strip, like the, 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 uh, and like we're gonna lose and sometimes it's that simple i don't know <laughs> yeah
2: it might be it might be that simple um last thing i want to do today guys is talk about just what this means now I, I i moved the goalpost the other day in which i talked about Jokic as the um you know could he be the heir to to john elway's throne and like people really misunderstood this i was not saying he is i was asking the question could he be but here's what's cool man MVPs in Denver sports history, Joe Sakic, Peter Forsberg. Those are the two for the Avalanche. And, of course, both of those names synonymous with the city of Denver. Uh, Broncos, Elway, Terrell Davis, Peyton Manning. With the exception of Peyton Manning, you know, John Elway and Terrell Davis, synonymous with the city of Denver. Peyton Manning, semi, I mean, only because he had a, a career, you know, prior to that. And then, of course, Larry Walker, synonymous with the Colorado Rockies. To me, Jokic, like, he really sticks out on this list, you know? You've got the Broncos, you got the abs, you got Larry Walker. Like, Jokic is – he has already royalty. Like, he maybe is not Mount Rushmore quite yet of all-time Denver athletes, but he's knocking on the door. He's, like, in line. He's, he's in line for Mount Rushmore.
3: Dude, you getting crap for that take is so funny because it's kind of like all of these takes that are now starting to be realized about There's Jokic. The only, the so only barrier – the only barrier is the time that has yet to have passed. That is it. Correct. Like right. once it does, well, we'll be there. I, I mean, he's got to win a
0: championship. Like, of course. right? Like, I think that's the thing that people like. Yeah. That's the reason John Elway is on the, the, the pantheon of Denver sports because he won two Super Bowls. Like, sure, y- Jokic, Jokic can can keep doing this and, and win MVPs, and he'll he'll be there. But he can never take that top spot Too I don't way. think unless he wins a championship absolutely <laughs> and, 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 and that and that is still going to be very 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 hard to do
2: the thing about it though is that John Elway is who he is in the city of Denver because he was here for so many freaking years like it's literally two decades it's my entire child I was a, I was a baby he came into the league I was graduating high school when he left. Like, here, this like an entire lifetime. And if we think about Jokic being six years into this, I mean, if he has an eighteen-year career, we have twelve more years of Nikola Jokic. Like, that's yeah. generations of Denver sports fans who grow up with him, and like, that's all they know. And and that's why I say, like, you know, there's time, but uh, at the same time, we're talking about an MVP. We're already looking at the MVP, the most valuable player. Denver has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in their history. Seven of them. And Jokic is right. one of them at age 26. That's just, that's just incredible. I, I, I,
1: will say, I will say, though, in the city of Dallas that is as equally football-crazed as the city of Denver, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA championship MVP, and he still is nowhere close to Troy Aikman. Of course. Nowhere, you, you know, I, I think that that it's maybe like just a Denver problem that they just don't understand. <laughs> like, they'll, they'll come to it for sure, but it's going to be hard to supplant like what it is we're talking about. You know. But
2: here's, I mean? you're, you're, right when you talk about the cultural impact, and also just like the Denver in the 1980s was a teenager. You know, like it was, totally. a, it was coming into its own, and and so Elway, you can't change that. Even though Denver is kind of in a, a rebirth, like in a new era of Denver, the city itself. But nonetheless, I still don't think that. What I'm talking about is at the end of the day, when we say who is the greatest athlete that's ever come through the city of Denver, there's at least a chance we say it's Nikola Jokic. He was better at his sport than any other athlete was at theirs. He's not there. Again, I'm not saying he's there. He's not. He has a lot of work to do. And the odds of him getting there are low. But it's on the table. And it's never been on the table before for a for Denver Nuggets player, I don't think. So to me yeah. that's what's so cool about it.
0: And, and the awesome thing also is that I'm very confident that Nikola Jokic will never play anywhere else other than Denver. Wow. And um <laughs> we always talk about like who's Mr. Nugget on this this roster but like like Nikola Jokic is Mr. Dude, nugget. He's,
1: dude, he's king he's <laughs> king nugget dude he is nugget he is he is all that is nuggets <laughs>
3: <laughs> mvp is just like a scale like above mr nugget you're like too good for mr nugget yeah i
0: mean honestly like you can make the case you'd rather be mr nugget than the mvp
1: like, wow, <laughs>
0: you actually just can't make that case. It's, um, it's a little more
1: prestigious. It's honestly, it's like honestly, like calling Jokic Mr. Nugget feels disrespectful. Like it's it like does, a, does. it's it like does. it's, like, it's, it's, it's like a cute little nickname for yeah. the greatest little pl- the greatest yeah. player, the top human being on earth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that's so cute.
2: Mr. Nugget is beneath him, uh, for, and Mr. Nugget's a prestigious award. I know, um, but he, he's, dude, it's not our fault. All right, well, let's wrap up and get out of here, guys. We will be back in the pregame show lounge tomorrow, obviously for Game Two. A very—I'm going to go ahead and go and say this because I know Nuggets fans are always on edge whenever Denver loses a single game, even this one. I think Denver could lose Game Two and still have a very good shot of winning the series. Now, it's not the preferred path. You want to get a split and you want to come home and be like, okay, now Game Three gets more pressure. But this is a weird series in which I, I, I. There is a path where I see Denver falling down 0-2, and it's like, you know what, got to come home now. We just got to get the two back or whatever. So in that way, a little less pressure than a typical down 0-1 because it's happening on the road. But at the same time, Jokic got his MVP. I'm curious to see if this Nuggets team has another punch, some adjustments for him, a little bit of punch back. um, Would feel great
1: you think you think that we'll see uh, i can't wait to see if the nuggets respond
0: <laughs> are they That's, resilient this is so we we'll have like,
1: never we've never seen yeah we've we've never seen them in a hole like this before down oh one to a team there like that might be a little better than them on some nights oh <laughs> well, you remember hanging
2: out, out in the parking lot after games and we we're like where can Jokic? how good can he be mvp the mvp <laughs> thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us guys late into the evening or if you're in serbia early into the morning we appreciate
0: it we can't wait uh, we will be back again tomorrow obviously we'll see everybody then right now guys hassle cattle company is offering an awesome discount for DNVR listeners you guys can buy three get one free on their flank steaks these taste incredible uh they're awesome to cook up any time of the week any day of the month Um, very flavorful and hassle cattle company is discounting them for you guys for DMVR listeners buy three get one free ...on those flank steaks. Of course, Hassel Cattle Company has everything else that you could possibly want. They've got the best Wagyu beef around. Make sure to use code DNVRFLANK at checkout, DNVR, to get that buy three, get one free deal. Of course, you can also save 10% at all times when you use the code DNVR10 off of your entire order. Uh, so again, check out Hassel Cattle Company, HustleCattleCompany.com, get that buy three, get one free deal for their flank steaks with the promo code dnvrflank they're only $9.99 a piece so super affordable and then use code dnvr10 for 10% off your entire order